Ben, can you believe this time next week you're going to be at uni? Yeah, I can believe it because I've been prepping for the 24th for like six months. Are you nervous? Are you nervous? Yeah, I am actually. <laughs> but you know what? What what will be will be and we'll probably end up in a national lockdown by Thursday anyway. So Does I won't mean, have gone. Does this mean that this is the last sober I'll tick you film podcast because you're going to be at uni and uni life will probably take over? No, I'll I'll keep doing these sober. I'll need one night a week off, otherwise, you know, I'll kill my kidneys. Um, I'll hold you to that, Ben. I'll hold you to that. So we've got to make today's show a good show. And to be honest, I think we do, because this is the Emmy special edition of the Arctic You Film podcast with Ben and Jacob. Thank you so, so much for listening. But don't worry, we've still got some reviews for you. Coming up, we've got reviews of Tesla and Bill and Ted face the music uh, as well as us. We're going to be reviewing us. Yeah, so with the, Bill and Ted, with the Bill and Ted face the music, cue an awful lot of me doing very bad impressions of Bill and Ted. Yeah, oh, God, I'm not looking forward to that. Let's do that <laughs> right at the end uh, so we don't scare any new listeners off straight away. Let's start, though, by talking about the Emmys. Now, I've heard so much on the radio about the Emmys this week. It was a pretty big Emmys, even though it happened virtually. So, some records were, like, broken. Or Is that, is that how you say it? Yeah, so, so it was a really well, kind of awesome Emmys. I'll get to my feelings on it. But the Emmys are always a bigger deal than people remember because it is the biggest night in TV. And when you get to the Sunday... People start talking about it. And normally, like last year, everyone was talking about how Fleabag swept. And the year before that, I think it was Game of Thrones and Maisel that took the headlines. So the Emmys do get talked about. This year was its first virtual Emmys for COVID reasons. And we got some very funny stuff coming out of it. But um, I think for once, it was actually what one that got the headlines. So that's a good thing. Um, Yeah, so shall we break through what won each category? Yes, let's start with uh, let's start with comedy, shall we, Ben? Yeah, so for those who don't know, the Emmys are kind of split into three different categories. You've got the comedy series, you've got the drama series, and then you've got the limited series. And that is stuff like Watchmen and Miss America and the individual seasons of American Horror Story. So it's kind of like a one-off, if you get what I mean. Yeah. So yeah. Um, with the comedy series, Shit's Creek which feels so fun to say on this podcast. Um, Wait, do you know what? I was listening to Radio 1 this morning and uh, the newsreader was talking about the Emmys going, and Shit's Creek won it, lots of Emmys. It won blah, blah, all blah. seven of and the... the present, and, and the presenter was like, are, are we allowed to say that on the radio? And she was like, well, yeah. It, it's spelt it's with two T's. And it's not spelt like shit. It's spelt with two T's. Uh, we've talked about this before. Anyway, Shit's Creek won all seven of the comedy awards. Which, even though I have watched all the shows that were nominated, it was my lockdown homework. Even though it was my favourite, I'm pissed off at one or seven. But what was quite a funny joke with the title, though, was the lawyers at ABC, who's the American newscaster who held the ceremony, every time they said shit creek, so they weren't told off, spelt the word out below, so people could see it was spelt with two T's. So yeah. yeah, there'd be a lot of complaints to the American version of Ofcom. You, you just know there would be. Yeah, um, I would have personally only gave Shit's Creek four of the seven Emmys, and I'll get. Okay, through. okay. Which four would you have given it, and what would the other ones have gone to? Um, I would have gave it best series, of course. 
Um, I also would have gave it. Yep, I would have gave Catherine O'Hara best actress. I would have gave Annie Murphy best supporting actress, and I would have gave the writing Emmy. And the reason I wouldn't give Dan Levy and Eugene Levy, who won the supporting actor and the actor Emmys respectively, is because they both created the show and would win writing Emmys. And actually, Dan Levy, who's run, he won four Emmys last night. He won series, act, supporting actor, directing and writing. And even though he looked so happy with everyone he won, I just felt his performance was his weakest part in the show. So I wouldn't have wanted to give it to him. With the stuff... But is there anyone in another show that would have deserved it better? Did yes. Maudie? So I would have loved Rami Youssef to win Best Actor for his great role in Rami. But he did give us the iconic image of... Did you see how the people giving the awards were all in hazmat suits? Yeah? And um, he put this thing on his Instagram last night of um, the guy in the hazmat suit who was by his house just in case they had to give out the Emmy, waving goodbye, walking off with the Emmy that he had subsequently lost. That made that me smile. That is brilliant. That I is also, good. Very good for the comedy category as well. Yeah, Rami is one of my favourite shows. And if you have not seen Rami Youssef stand up, he is bloody hilarious. He did a great one on Stephen Colbert a few years ago, which is one of my favourite stand-up routines of all time. I also would have gave William Harper Jackson the uh, good pl- best supporting actor for The Good Place. I think his performance is good. He's not my favourite in the category. But The Good Place has also wrapped its finish. This was Shit's Creek's last season. It was The Good Place's last season. And The Good Place has never won an Emmy, which is highly disappointing. That show deserved more love, and Harper Jackson would have been the obvious place to get it. And the director's branch, because like the actors vote for the acting awards, the writers vote for the writing awards, and the directors vote for the directing awards. I'm really disappointed in the directing awards. Shit Creek's directing isn't awful, but it was certainly, in my opinion, the weakest of the category. And maybe it's because the marvellous Miss Maisel, which... It, that had the record for most wins of a comedy in a single year. It's now lost it to Shit's Creek. But The Marvelous Maisel, every episode of that is like a blockbuster. Every It's like watching Game of Thrones or The Mandalorian in terms of spectacle. And it's a comedy. And how it lost directing win for the second year in a row to a show that's nowhere near as impressive directing. And actually... Shit's Creek's a bit like Fleabag, where it's the writing that's amazing, but the directing's a bit lame, I think is a bit of a joke. So I don't think the directors know what. So yeah, just my... You really got into that then, Ben, didn't you? Yeah, it's because when a show wins so much, people go off it, and it's a bit like I would have... If Shit's Creek walked away with four Emmys, I would have been elated, but it's walked away with seven, and I'm a bit... And I'm a bit like really the full category yeah i i wanted them to share spread love a bit more than just give one show because there's so many good uh, comedies i love six of the eight that were nominated for best series i which two don't you love i don't like the two which are predominantly made by white old white men in curb your enthusiasm and the kaminsky method that's all I'm going to say. I don't think they should have been nominated. And I would have loved to have seen Rami and The Great take their spot, but I think that's just my personal taste and the fact that, you know, I'm not an old dude. Um, shall we move? But I do think I do think it's fair to say, Shit's Creek, you weren't everything in the comedy category. 
hats off to you guys. Like, well done, You've got guys. the record. That is quite an achievement. They've got Doing the record. Very well. They're the first people ever to do it. They're the first people to ever win all four acting awards. They took the record off the Marvelous Maisel for most comedy wins in a year. Very well done, Shit Creek. Uh, and it's a good ending of your lifetime. On now to the drama category. Yes. And this wasn't all dominated by one TV series. No, this wasn't all dominated by one TV show. The actors spread the love here. Thank you, actors. You are the best. We all know that. Anyway, Succession won most of the big prizes, uh, including series, directing, writing, and lead actor for Jeremy Strong, who broke his, who beat his co-star, Brian Cox. And if you've not seen Succession, it is brilliant. It. I think I had it as a binge of the week earlier on, or I certainly nearly put it as one. It's a great show. I'm very happy. That's the type of sweep I would have loved Shit's Creek to win. And it's really the only place last night where British talent won, because Succession's, even though it's set in New York with a big American cast, it's really, the behind the scenes is quite British. The other drama awards was kind of where the headlines were. Um... Zendaya is the youngest actress to win Drama Lead Actress. I've uh, seen this all over Instagram. And, like, um, this is what I know it's also a really big accomplishment, obviously, for Zendaya mm. being the youngest ever actress to win she's this. Also, but also, Black Lives Matter and things. She's doing so much for, for her. She's the second community. black actress to actually have ever won the Drama Lead Actress category, which wow. is shocking. It's shocking. Yeah. And oh, yeah. the Emmys this year. They broke the record for most people of colour winning awards, even though Shit's Creek won everything, and that's the whitest show ever. And they mainly won the record because Watchmen did so well in the limited series categories, and that's insane. But it was really good to see Zendaya win the awards. She looked delighted. There's so much hype and buzz in her performance. And she did beat three of the best actresses and biggest actresses in the world in Jennifer Aniston, who did the whole award ceremony with her friends cast, Olivia Coleman and Laura Linney. And Olivia Coleman and Jen and all three of them will be back next year to take the trophy. Whoever wins, I don't care. Um Do you think it's between those four? Zendaya, Jennifer, I, Olivia, and Laura. Well, Euphoria's not gone into season two production yet. Um I think she won't win again. I think Zendaya will be a bit like um Lots of younger actors, particularly in the drama lead categories, win for like their breakout first season, second season in Jodie Comer's case. But then they get nominated again. But the buzz that brought Zendaya over the line this time around simply won't be there next year. Um, I do think she's a, a great actress, though. Yeah, and she's great in Euphoria. But the reason she won, because award shows are based off buzz, is because she was so hyped about for that performance. And you can't... Get... I think rightly so, though, because she's come from Disney Channel, really. Yeah, but you could say Jennifer Aniston's come from Friends, Olivia Colman was a cleaner, and Laura Linney's Laura Linney. Like, everyone's got Fair the narrative. Enough. But she's the younger... I think it's amazing she won, and it was a heck of a performance, and it's really the first teen performance that's ever won, so fair play to her. The supporting categories went to Billy Kudrup for The Morning Show, which he's great in that. He, I love him. Um, and Jennifer Garner retained. She won last year for Ozark and she won again this year. 
I'm so happy those two shows won something, and I'm so happy these two won it for them. The one thing I'll say, though, even though Kudrup was my favourite performance in this category, I think they missed a trick because, and I'm going to butcher his name, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, who's now starring in The Boys and was guest nominated this year for The Mandalorian, has walked two finale nominations this year, which is sad. I think he should have won for his great role as Gus in Better Call Saul, which is the Breaking Bad spin-off, and also he would have been the first person of colour to ever win this category. Comp Drama Supporting Actor is the only category in the entire Emmys that a person of colour has never won. <laughs> and it's the 70s. You think he genuinely year. deserved it, though? Um, it was the weaker season Gus has had, but... Right. But it's ridiculous Giancarlo Esposito has never won for the role of Gus. Because he's been such a major part of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul as this role. And the fact the Emmys never found his way down to him. And the fact Better Call Saul is like 39 Emmys, no wins, is ridiculous. So I would have loved is That is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, But once again, huge congratulations to Zendaya and everyone else who won at the Emmys in the drama category. Now onto the limited series category. Ben, do you just want to explain a little bit more about this for kind of people that that don't know like myself? Yeah, basically, a limited series is a one-off. Think anything Ryan Murphy, think Watchmen. um, What won last year? Can't remember. Think Fargo. All the shows that either are one and done or they have maybe two or three seasons but each season has a completely different cast, completely different story, completely different characters. Um, anyway, Watchmen won. It swept. Uh, this. The Emmys really only gave three shows wins this year. I don't really mind that. Um, but it didn't do as well as I thought it was going to do. It had right. the most nominations going into it with 26. And I genuinely was convinced Watchmen would break the record for most Emmys ever. Um it didn't go that way, though. The show still walked away with three, which isn't bad. Uh, Regina King, uh, four, actually, sorry. It won series, which is no surprise, considering that show's great. It's topical. It's got so much buzz. Um, Regina King won uh, actress, lead actress, which she's won this category four times in six years. Wow. And considering all four of them would have been for different categories, for different shows, she's won her Oscar in last time. She's probably going to win another, a couple more Oscars this year for her directorial debut as One Night in Miami. Regina King might be the best actress in Hollywood. She deserves so you much. You said it. You've, you've put that out there. You've said it. Yeah. I mean, granted, the role she won her Oscar for wasn't that good, but she's still amazing. Um, other wins went to Yahya Abdul Mantine II, who deserves the win for the greatest winner's name of the night, um, who <laughs> won supporting actor. And his is particularly impressive because he beat two of his co-stars, Louis Gossett Jr., who's a legend. He won his first Emmys in 1977 for Roots, which Watchmen kind of gave a spiritual successor vibe off, and it would have been... I thought Gossett Jr. was going to win because I thought the narrative was he first won this category 
for the first real show about not black power but the struggles of it and he's now won it for Watchmen which moves the conversation on forward instead they gave it full circle kind of thing yeah full circle instead they gave it to the up-and-comer in a similar way they normally do um the show also won writing uh with Damien Damien Lindelof won his first writing Emmy and he's a TV legend him Ryan Murphy and Greg Berlanti I think in when we're a hundred years from now those three names will be the legends of TV they're the equivalent of your Hitchcock your Spielberg, your Scorsese in TVs. So I'm really happy he's finally won his writing Emmy. It's a joke he hasn't won it for The Leftovers or the other shows. Is there anyone in the category, Ben, that you think should have won that that didn't? Uh, Yeah, so Mark Ruffalo won lead actor for I Know This Much Is True. He's a movie star. He's in The Avengers. We all know that. He's great. But I would have so loved Paul Mescal to win for Normal People. I would have loved normal people to win lots of stuff. Um, also, Unorthodox won directing, um, mainly because Watchmen had three oh, episodes. Oh, I can hear that. Carry on talking, then. Yeah. <laughs> mainly because Watchmen had three episodes for the voters to vote for. But I was a bit... If Watchmen wasn't going to win directing, I would have wanted Little Fires Everywhere to win, just because Lynn Shelton, who was a legend, that's her last show. It would have been such a lovely tribute to her for her brilliant work on Little Fires Everett to win. And um I'm back now, Ben. Sorry about yeah. that. I would have also loved Tony Collette to win um supporting actress for her ruthless turn in Unbelievable. Instead, she lost to Uzo Adubo, who played Shirley Chesel in Miss America, and I can't really argue with that. So shall we move on to the reviews? Yes, let's get into some reviews now, shall we, Ben? Yeah. Um, so we have got some great reviews lined up for you today. Coming up, we've got Bill and Ted face the music, which Ben has already warned us he's going to be doing some very not-so-good impressions of. Uh, so we're saving that till the end. Uh, we've also got Tesla, which is available to buy on DVD. But right now, let's start with the BBC miniseries Us. Woo! Um us might be the one of those really weird right place right time shows for me because my brother went off to uni this morning i'm going off later this week and us is the story of the pattinsons whose grown-up son is going off to study at art college and the wife um connie goes to her husband douglas and goes i'm leaving you i want a divorce and these three family who don't particularly like each other end up on a European vacation together for, like, ages. Um, I think there was lots of hype around the show, expecting it to be the next big thing, the show everyone talked about. I don't think Us is it. It's not getting the buzz. It's a bit more controversial than people wanted. It's a bit middle class and cringy in those kind of ways. But I liked it. (laughs) It's a must-watch for me. Uh... The subject matter, though, has been done to death. We've seen so, so many divorce dramas. They really rely on the actors. Tom Holland, Holl- uh, Hollander is brilliant as the father. He's charming. He lifts the material. Um, I can't think of who the mother is off the top of my head. Tom Taylor's brilliant. You've also got Ian, surname I can't remember, 
who played Fitz in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., if you've watched that show. So it's a good cast. It's not terrible. It's a little bit cringy. It's easy Sunday night viewing. That's all I really wanted. And you said you're giving it a must-watch. Yeah, because why not? (laughs) I really liked it. No, to be fair, I liked it. I've watched more episodes now, and I will finish this series. So for me, that's the definition of a must-watch. So, Tesla, the highly anticipated film, has been uh, released. And it says to buy, I said to buy on DVD, but now I'm looking at it, it says to buy on VOD. Yeah, uh, virtual DVDs, like iTunes and Amazon. Oh, right. So, uh, how much does it cost? Ten quid. That's um, better than Disney Plus prices, I'll tell you that. Yeah, but I'd rather watch Mulan than this. It's the film I was talking to you about earlier. Uh, okay. Ben texts Ben text me earlier saying I am watching the worst film of all time. <laughs> Tesla, Was it that bad, Ben? Is it that bad? It's experimental. And I normally like experimental films, but this biopic is something else. It's So you do not like this. You do not like no. this. Um the people behind it have described it as a freewheeling visual take on the inventor Nikola Tesla's like life and his interactions between Thomas Edison, the guy who invented the light bulb, and J.P. Morgan, you know, the banker's daughter, Annie, and how they transmitted electrical power and light. Now, firstly, the name Tesla makes me want to bath because I think of Elon Musk. But that's not really important to this review. I was getting that vibe as well. Is it about <laughs> Tesla cars? Like No, it's about the inventor, um, which the Tesla cars are based off. It's yeah. as dull as a Wikipedia entry. With some I've never really, heard anything being compared to a Wikipedia with entry some really I weird. Not, I do not think that that is a good thing. With some really weird and quirky elements. There are two scenes. Yeah where considering Tesla was around in the turn of the century, 1800s, mid-1800s, the finale is Tesla singing that everybody wants to rule the world song that I'm not going to sing. And that took me out of it. There's also two scenes where a character directly... It sounds quite cliche. There's also a cat scene where a character directly looks at the um, audience and introduces you to all of the characters by how many Google search statistics you can find. I it's mean, not a play. We don't need introducing to the characters. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not cliche. I think that's like the last word I'd use to describe this film. And it is interesting, but um, it's just odd. Like, I don't, I've never seen a biopic where a character literally goes, if you were to look at it from the future, Thomas Edison has X amount of articles about him. It's weird. Ethan Hawke, he's one of our greatest actors. He's doing fine work as Tesla here. But the material just isn't there. The dead script doesn't come to life. And it's maybe too quirky for its own good. That's Is it dead. like a Natalie Portman? Is that her name? Natalie Portman? Yeah. yeah. I think it is. Star Wars situation. Um not a good script, so it's very hard for the actors to work off the script because it is just not up to scratch. Yeah, I think it's kind of that. It's kind of like, okay, I would not have wanted to see a normal biopic of Tesla 
Right. But this is, like, this has swung too far the other way. It's too out there and over the top and tries to be too many things. And I just was so confused. So, and you, you like we were saying, you normally like it when a, something is different. I like you ex- think this is experimental just, like, this films. This is too different and too experimental. Yeah, completely. It's it's just, it's, you know, when you're watching something and you're thinking, um, I got to, um, yeah, it's a, a void if you can. Now, um, Jacob has left us, so I will finish the pod on my own um, with Bill and Ted face the music. So uh, this is a film. It takes place 29 years after the first two Bill and Ted films, which are classic. Uh, and they are once told, after Bill and Ted were told they'd save the universe, they are suddenly now middle-aged men who haven't wrote the song to save the universe. Um, It was really exciting to see Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter share the screen again. They're iconic characters. I love watching them work. But, and actually, the film works. It's good. It's watch-if-you-can territory. Um, It's more also mainly based off the audience's nostalgia for the film, which will work better with some people than others. Um, but uh, yeah, it's fun. It's got a few jokes. It's fast paced, ninety minutes. It's on. It's a quick runtime. Bit too much plot for the time, but you know what? I enjoyed the film, and there was a nice tribute to the Rufus character who was so vital in the first two movies. So, all in all, it's a nice film. You can watch it in cinemas. I've just had to, like, run out and go get a glass of water, Ben. I'm back now. Did I miss the impressions? No, I haven't done the impressions yet. Do you want them? Uh, I mean, I don't want them, but I'm sure the listeners do. (laughs) Uh, Have you seen the first two films? I haven't, no. Well, I've spent the last 24 hours going around my house going, like, Dude, and doing the, all the, oh, what's the thing they say? It's it slipped my head. It's like, be awesome to everyone or whatever. I I'm being really dumb at the moment, but yeah, I've walked around my house doing Bill and Ted impressions for like twenty four hours at this point. <laughs> um, what are you giving Bill and Ted face the music then? Watch if you can. Uh, and what, what? Out of curiosity, what would you give the first two movies? I think I said us was a must watch. And Tez... No, 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 for Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh, um, ooh, I think they're must-watches. They're classics. So this one is nowhere near as good as the original T? No, it is. It's just not a classic yet. Give it 29 years. Not a classic years. yet. I love Keanu Reeves, though. He is a good one. On now to the final show we're going to be reviewing here on the RCU Film Podcast today. Des, which is available on BBC, on ITV Player. Yeah. ITV Hub. It was the blockbuster TV show that everyone was talking about last week. And like, as ever, we're going to be the last people to talk about it. <laughs> this show... No surprise there. It's when we record on a Monday. Um, <laughs> this show kind of... It did really well for ITV. It got yeah. 5 million views um, on opening night, which was their best for some time. It only got 14 Ofcom complaints, which puts Britain's Got Talent to shame. Um, but That is ridiculous, though. Why on earth people complained about that is 
is beyond me. I, I know. It was um, a great diversity performance. Absolutely great. No, that, we know exactly not... why people complained about it. People who complained about it are racist. That's the <laughs> it, truth. It's, it's sad that people it's, still... It's, it's the sad truth. Um, and we've derailed ourselves once again. <laughs> but um, <laughs> So this is a genuine biopic type thing of the 1983 serial killer Dennis Nilsson who killed and then had sex with 14 people in his London home. And I don't know about you, Jacob, but I have a general rule. rule. Anything that has the word serial killer in the synopsis, I genuinely avoid. Oh, really? Because... What about end of the effing world? That's different, kind of. But particularly... You like that, don't you? I do. But particularly with something like uh, Des, you're doing a biopic of someone who killed so many people and you're getting David Tennant, one of our best actors, to play him. How many people have I called some of our best actors today? I think it's like six or seven. Too many. Too many. We could make a whole top ten list of that. And he's uncanny. He really resembles the serial killer. They showed the documentary on it the next night. But I had this nagging feeling. It's glamorising the serial killer and not giving the victims the care and the empathy that they deserve. And it's not like we should make the victims famous because they won't have wanted that. Not all of the victims will want to be famous. But there's something wrong about putting the serial killer on a pedestal. It only encourages copycat things. So even though Des is a brilliantly made show, it has three brilliant performances at the heart of it. It's gripping, it's enticing. It did really well for ITV. I fundamentally disagree with the fact it was made. And I just, I think it kind of spits on the grave of the victims. A lot of them haven't yet been discovered as well. And it's all well and good putting the eight victims' names on your slide at the end of the show. But I didn't feel they were running through the heart of it. That's just my take, and I know I'm very out on my own on that one. Well, that is um, very interesting that that is your take on it. But I can, I, having not it? seen it, having not seen it, it's hard for me to, to judge. But yeah, it would have been nice to have a bit more of a, a tribute to them. Uh, one, listen, that brings us to the end of another Articu Film podcast. Sorry, things have been a bit all over the place. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you now why things have been a bit all over the place on my behalf. Um, we don't normally record on a Monday, let alone a Monday afternoon. But the reason is I've been in contact with someone who could have COVID-19. So I am currently isolating. So I'm getting a lot of phone calls here, there, everywhere, being like, you all right? Or like, you're not coming into work on this day. Or like having to phone work and things. So I actually had one of my teachers from my school turn up halfway through that podcast. So I had to run out and, and go get get the door. Um, so that's why things have been a bit Which all over one? the place. But- uh, I'm not going to say his name on the radio. Uh, uh, on the radio. What's he look like? Describe his face. and oh. Short, wears glasses. Okay. Your tutor. Uh, oh, him. Loved him. <laughs> Loved him. He probably listens yeah. to this as well. 
<laughs> yeah, he probably does. Um, but yeah, that's why things have been a bit all over the place on my behalf. But hey, next week we're going to be sorted. And it's Ben that's going to be all over the place because Ben is off to uni with no yeah. freshers week. <laughs> with no freshers week, lucky me. And um, inevitable lockdown coming. So uh, it'll, it'll be all right. So yeah, try, try and enjoy. See ben, best to look at uni. You're absolutely going to smash it as ever. Thanks to you, the listener, for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. So I got a